Welcome. Welcome to X to the Zennial. Hello. Hi, listeners. Two weeks. Have you missed us? (laughs) I missed you. (laughs) She did. She really did. All the attention. (laughs) Um, We are grateful for everyone who's listening, everybody who's new to listening to us. Thank you so much. And to our regular followers, thank you for taking the time to listen and get some new insight, all the things. Some information. Exactly. What are we talking about today, Kat? We're talking about body image. We are. Stella wrote us a pick topic and wrote us a beautiful outline of topics that we're going to discuss about body image. And we're going to answer some questions and we're going to do some exploration. Absolutely. Um, I will eventually be writing a workshop on this, but for right now, I definitely just want to have a conversation kind of see where we're both at in our journey to be accepting and loving our bodies. Um, but I, I did write these questions because I think they're important to to kind of delve into and see how we think about our bodies and where that comes from. Absolutely. And are you going to use these same questions when you do your seminar? I will because I think they're important. And um, I've had requests, especially from like moms of teenagers and you know, women in general, but that's not to say that this is exclusively a female issue. Right. I think because we have bodies, sometimes we have issues around them. Right. And right. so that's kind of where all of this was born. So, um, how do you see yourself? How do I see myself? Today, right now. Right now? Yeah. Super fun. <laughs> I'm KFC. I'm finger looking good. Oh, yeah? Yeah. No, right. I'm, I'm really proud of my body right now. Okay, tell me why. What, what makes you proud of it? It's so strong. Okay. It's so strong and so capable. Yeah. And, it's been, and I've put it through a lot. And it's, <laughs> it's endured. <laughs> right? So. Well, and I think that, you know, certainly like health issues definitely make that a little bit more challenging. Yes. Having an auto, uh, autoimmune issues, pretty significant autoimmune issues throughout the course of my life actually has really made me hate and resent my body because yeah. I didn't understand what was going on with it. Absolutely. Um, as in a lot of pain, a mm-hmm. lot of discomfort, just didn't feel well and just was like, okay, I guess this is the body I have and I'm supposed to feel sick. I can imagine you felt betrayed absolutely. by your body. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It Especially because you're relatively young, like oh yeah, and ab- to always feel sick. To always feel sick. I felt absolutely betrayed. It felt like I was living in a hostile hostile environment. Right. Um, and then I just came to an acceptance of, I guess this is just how everybody feels. Okay. And tried to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, and then I figured out the code. Yeah. Figured it all out. It all came it together. what you were eating. It was what I was eating. And okay. it was a lot of food allergies and sensitivities. And it was just that was causing insulin resistance mm-hmm. issues, which I still do have insulin re- resistance issues. Yeah. But now I know how to manage that yep. without medication and doing that through lifestyle and, and diet and changes and, and being very mindful and conscientious of, of what's going on. But yeah, no, I feel really great in my body. It feels, my body feels really healthy. It feels mm-hmm. really strong. I have a lot of energy. I have so much more energy, which is fantastic. So I feel really great about my body. What I think is really interesting is um, I've lived on both sides, both ends of the spectrum as far as like weight and body is concerned, body shape and size. So I was very, very, very overweight Mm -hmm. for a very long time. um, And now I'm not. And so what I think is interesting, and I'm glad that we're doing this topic today because I had an interaction today at work. And um, I saw someone on campus that I hadn't seen in a few weeks, and they're like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, how are you doing? You're so skinny. Right. And I was just like, that's not kind. Okay. You felt judgment say. in it. Yes, okay. because I've been on the other end where it's like, 
you're so fat. And right. those comments started, I mean, I remember the first time I had, I, the first comment I ever remember about my body was from a boy at school and he was like, you're a blimp. Whoa. And this was in the third grade. Okay. And so right then and there, I was like, okay, you're a frog eyes. And then he cried and went and told the teacher because he was a big old pussy. But like, <laughs> hey, I'm like, pussies you, are amazing. Hey, you want to, you want to dish it out? You can't take it, you little shit. But yeah, no. So that's, you know, being on both ends of the, of the weight spectrum of my body and just that critical judgment, you know, yeah. I think it. So that was one of the first messages that you got about your body be, having something wrong with it. Right. Right. And even to this day, people are commenting on what they perceive to be what sounds like negative. Right. Because nobody says, oh, you look so great, you're so lean, or whatever, but right. you're so skinny has a negative connotation, much like you're a blimp. Exactly. Yeah. And so that was an interesting experience. I was yeah. like, oh, okay, that yeah. didn't feel nice either so you know in the way I've kind of lived in the last like three four years mm -hmm. since I have come down to a very like healthy manageable weight is that as long as I feel good and feel comfortable in my body that's really all that matters like these right. messages no longer I mean I've loose loose skin from losing weight mm -hmm. um you know and I get, I've been asked like oh are you gonna get a tummy tuck I'm like no this is my journey this is my body like yeah. this is this is me this is who I am and I accept me fully and right uh the first time I actually wore a bikini I was 229 pounds Nice. And that was the first time in my entire life. And I was 28, 29 years old. Okay. And I was just like, this is my body. This, this is, is what, this it, looks is like. what it looks like. I'm sick of being ashamed of it. And yeah. so this started, you know, this work on self-acceptance in mm -hmm. my body really started, yeah, in my late 20s. Because okay. I was just like, all right, you know, I've tried everything to lose weight. This is how my body wants to be. Let it be. Start loving yourself. Stop judging yourself. Yeah. Go with it. Like, feel beautiful. Feel acceptance for yourself. Threw that bikini on in Florida with our friend Sherry. Yeah. And walked around the beach and felt a little weird. But the next day, felt better. And then the next time, it felt better. And yeah. yeah and then I just kind of grew. And then I, you know, figured everything out, you know, when I was 32 on what I needed to do for my insulin resistance. Right. And, you know, to... And then getting to that place where then it starts to feel... Like, just natural and, and what your body looks like right. and feels like. Absolutely. That's awesome. And um, so... so the, and it's interesting. We get messages from a lot of different places about bodies, yep. right? Um, certainly, I remember... My mom is a, a bigger woman. She's a tall woman. Mm -hmm. um, and she carries her weight well. Um, today, she's much leaner than she was when I was growing up. But I do remember feeling pressure to not look like her, right? Mm -hmm. And and it's not a judgment on my mom. It's just, like, how I felt about me. Right. Um, and so I do, uh, I remember, well, I think I've shared with you, and I, I definitely have shared with clients, I had an eating disorder when mm -hmm. I was uh, younger. And an eating disorder isn't always about body. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it's about control. Yep. Um, but I certainly didn't eat from, let's say, 1987, 88, uh, 89 when dad died and then, um, and then I got really sick. And so, uh, then I started to eat, but, um, there are pictures of me that will look very emaciated and just sick. Um, and so I, I think that my body awareness came certainly from home and then kind of got bigger, um, 
I've I've always just been kind of bigger than my friends. Like this is just yeah. I'm a short human, but I've always just been a fleshier kind of curvy human. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I stopped eating, I didn't have a lot of people who I mean there were people that would ask, but there weren't any. You know, I remember the the one thing. So that comment that you know you you had heard about you being a blimp. Right. I remember uh, in there are two things. One, there was a boy in I think it was religion class, and he put his his arms his like hands around my arms, and he was like, "Oh my god, your arms are so skinny," and I remember taking that as a compliment. Um, and then there was another kid in chemistry class who started singing Fat Bottom Girls, yeah. and I had never heard that song, and I was like. I took it badly. Yeah. Um, now I love my ass, but... I love my ass, too. <laughs> you know what? I was made fun of in middle school and told that I had a fat ass. And yeah. so I used to wear this, like, sweater tied around my waist yeah. to hide my ass. Sure. Um, but it didn't work. And then that same dude who was picking on my ass called me out on it. Yeah. It was just like, you wear that sweater around your waist every day because you're trying to fi- hide your fat ass. And I was like, oh, my gosh, they're on to me. <laughs> So. And so now you love your ass. Oh my gosh, I love my ass. I do all the squats. Yeah, yeah. Well, when I lost a significant amount of weight, mm-hmm. it came off so fast yeah. um, that I didn't really know what was underneath. <laughs> and, sure, in um, terms of like muscle tone and all yeah. those things. And there was none. Yeah. There was, but there wasn't. And so I remember when I'd lost... Uh, the weight, I was looking in the mirror and I turned sideways and I was like, oh, I have no ass. <laughs> I've never had that before in my whole life of yeah. being conscious and aware of my body. I'd always had a big old booty. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I didn't have one. And I was like, this, I must rectify this situation. <laughs> Henceforth, when I got into the gym and yeah. started getting into weightlifting, and building mass because I was like, you know, it's one thing to be lean sure. for me. Yeah. But I don't want to be lean. I want to be strong and I sure. want to be defined and I want a body that is capable of hiking 11 miles in Arches National Park. I yeah. want a body that can do a 14,000 foot mountain in, up and down in a day. Like yeah. I want to be healthy. I want to be strong. I want to be able to pack my own car and take my ass camping. Yeah. So... And I think that's that's a, a different way to look at it. Mm-hmm. I think when you're a teenager or when you're young, um, what what the perception is is everyone's looking at my body, mm-hmm. and everybody's making comments mm-hmm. um, about their own body, about other people's bodies, um, and so we start to then critically look at our own bodies right. and and generally negatively, right? right. Um, and I think you know the the media plays a part in it because you know, there's an, there's always an ideal and the ideal never really like is the same over time. Well, look at the nineties when I was middle school through high school was the nineties for me. And that was heroin chic. Sure. Like super emaciated, like extra skinny. I mean, laws came out in that, around that time frame, a little after that time frame to modeling agencies and to the fashion industry that said, no, we've got to have a weight a, a, a standard yep. on models because this image that we're portraying and projecting is, is not one that is healthy for our society as a whole. Sure. Like this isn't a natural body type for the majority of individuals. Well, and the, and the pendulum swings. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly, you know, um, let's say 10 years ago, then like the Kardashians and, and JLo and then it was like ass and curvy. It's all, and all about the ass. I love those <laughs> folks. Well, and, and that's, you know, then that becomes, 
you know, your genes have to fill out and all these things. But at the end of the day, like it really does just depend on, on your body, your genes, how you show up. Um, and so I think there's, there's also this, uh, body positivity and, and, um, embracing, you know, your curves and what that looks like. And so then that can be misconstrued by someone who's leaner and, or skinny and can't do that. Right. Right. So I think at the end of the day, it's, it's embracing the body you have, It's but it becomes about certain things. And so, you know, when you look at like numbers, mm-hmm. that can become a fixation for people. Oh, I became obsessed with it. When yeah. I decided I was going to lose weight and be able to do the things that I once had enjoyed that I was physically not capable of doing, mm-hmm. um, my number was 100 pounds. Yeah. I was like, I will lose 100 pounds. Okay. I have done that. Yeah, you have. I have done that. Mm-hmm. And then I've gone beyond that. Yeah. Um, and I think in doing that for a while, I was like obsessive. There was a range where I was like, God, this is driving, this is driving force. It's like push and push and push. Yeah. And now I get on the scale and I'm like, please don't have lost weight. Please don't have lost weight. Like I need to be maintaining in a certain range to feel well. Yeah. I want to feel good. That's the whole point of this. Sure. You know, is is to feel well. But yeah, that fixation on the number. I remember in the I was in middle school and I mm-hmm. went to go visit my biological father and I remember they had a scale in their bathroom and I didn't have a scale in my home growing up until we were until I was in high school. Yeah. And so I was in middle school and my stepmom she stepped on the scale and she's like, oh, look, I weigh 125 pounds. And I stepped on the scale and I was like, I weigh 135 pounds. Mm-hmm. I'm in the seventh grade. And yeah. then it was like, then it was another one of those making me aware of, even though my family had done a plenty good job of that, I was like a thick kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that was, that's when I became tuned into and dialed into that there's a number associated with how people view you. Yeah. Even if they don't know that number, there's a number that's associated. You're labeled by a number. Absolutely. And that's a terror. I feel that that's just terrible. Like, I think that really put a stain on me throughout development. Absolutely. So. And I think I've shared with you, like, I, um, when I had an eating disorder, I remember there was a nurse at the, uh, the pediatrician's office that, I mean, I grew up, but she was amazing, uh, Rosie. And I was having a panic attack about the number. And she kind of held me and said, look, you never have to look at that number again if you don't want to. And if the rest of your life you get on a scale backwards, that's fine. And that's what I've done. Like, I honestly have no idea what I weigh. (laughs) Um, But, you know, we have to put a number on our driver's license. We have to put a number on insurance forms. We have to put a number... We're born and we're numbered. Social security number. Right. Right then and there, we're tagged and identified, and it's a quantifiable thing when it comes to weight. Sure. And And it's also a a point of contention or judgment. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It can be. And so the other number that we're also measured by is the size of our clothing. Right. Right? So are you at a large? Are you an extra large? Are we... And and we know more about the clothing industry now that says that every designer, every even marketer makes their clothes different, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm like a size four in some pants. Yeah. And I'm a size 10 in other pants. Sure. That number used to bother me. Yeah. Especially when I hit like the number 14. I don't know why. That's when things I was like, hey... 
Um, now it doesn't bother me. I shop for what looks good on my body. Right. Like, oh, I don't even look at the tag. I'm like, oh, it's this, let me try it on. Right. Cool, it fits, and it looks great. Awesome. Or, oh, it's too tight. Need a bigger size. Yeah. Don't give a shit. Right. Like, that number just, I, I think it's because I took that power in my late 20s and was like, this is my body. Mm-hmm. I don't care how much I weigh. I don't care what size of pants I wear. I want to look good, and I want to feel good. And that piece about feeling healthy is really important. Mm-hmm. I think in how we view our ability yeah. is very different than how I look in this dress or in this jeans or in these whatever um you and I and it certainly comes with maturity Mm -hmm. we're at a place where we want our bodies to do certain things like I work out um partially to stay flexible and and because I have pain right um but I also want my body to be able to move around when I'm older right and you know the so doing yoga and and the the workout things that I do like I love to ride my bike you know I go for walks all those things I feel better when I move around right, right? but I'm not doing that in the maniacal way that I used to do it to like lose weight I remember um, when I was 27 I uh, had a friend and a colleague and she she got gastric bypass and I was like I bet I can lose just as much weight just working out. Well, when you're in your 20s, you definitely lose weight faster and your metabolism is different. Like the right. minute I hit 30, like that just didn't work anymore. Yeah. It, it said, good luck the rest of your life. Yeah, your body's <laughs> like, mm, yeah, we're not doing that. Well, that's a hormonal shift and your hormones are, are huge. And we touched on this in the ketogenic one. Your hormones yeah. are huge about how your weight is maintained. And yep. it's all about, you know, your glucose levels, your mm-hmm. insulin, your pancreas, how that's functioning. But it's also estrogen, testosterone, and how the balance is in all your chemistry. Right. So. And I think, you know, once once we came to keto in our own journey, (laughs) I've lost more weight um, with keto. And again, it's it's not about a number for me, but it is about physically just feeling different and better. Yeah. I've been able to do that with keto more than I was able to do with working out. Right. And, you know, we've talked about how... Uh, sometimes the way that we eat looks disordered. Right. Where it's really not. No. But I, I remember telling you when I first started doing it that I was triggered to disordered eating. You did tell me. And I remember when I told you when we went on our trip. Yeah. I'm doing this thing. Right. And it looks like I have an eating disorder. And it looks disorder. like I have an eating disorder. But I don't. Right. And so, yeah, it, it does. Because it's a total shift in what we're our culture says. And mm-hmm. I want to bring in culture as a factor, too, sure. of telling us and about our own bodies instead of us telling us about how we feel about our bodies. Right. So I am his, I'm half Hispanic. Mm-hmm. So I cut like the women in my family have beautiful curvy figures mm-hmm. and thick legs and big bottoms and all of those things. Yeah. Um, and I grew up in a primarily white town. Yeah. So I was very much a minority. I did not look like all of the other girls, my body type was very different, genetically speaking, sure. from my peers in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that we have to also to take into consideration cultural factors and, yeah. and take in the, those factors that, you know, that you're raised in, in your environment, your home environment, and those messages that are said right. about your body because they do, they p- play an impact your entire life. Yeah. So. Well, and it, it definitely the messages that we get from from our parents, from our siblings, from other people indi- indicate how we're going to feel about us, right? right? And so I think with, with my daughter, I, I worked really hard to focus on her body's ability 
and all the other factors. And so she and I talk a lot about, like, we have um, her cousins, my nieces, um, and I have one nephew. But really not highlighting so much their looks, Mm -hmm. but their ability. So they're so smart. They're, you know, they're funny. They're uh, witty. um, They're attractive humans. Right. But that you don't want to focus so much on them being attractive, right? And I think oftentimes compliments are given to someone's looks yeah and not at the value of you're their, funny like or their character you're, right you're, you're kind. so kind yes hey, you're generous right. you're um you're very compassionate right right but we focus so much on what we look like right and the other piece is then what is the standard of beauty Ooh. right <laughs> Ooh. you like that you popped a hard <laughs> question there but I think that but this, it's a, I think it's our own personal standard. Right. We what? get to set the standard, Absolutely. but oftentimes, especially when you're younger, um, the standard of beauty is set by media. It's set by celebrity. It's set by uh, who you look up to. Right. And so beauty ideals are whatever's being shown. I think that today it's a little bit different because we have the opportunity of social media and lots of different bodies, right? right. Lots of different uh parts and what that looks like and all the things. Right. Um, Everyone can be a model on Instagram. Right. And that's what I love about Instagram. (laughs) I feel like a model. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, check this selfie out, posting that, hot. And then I go through and I'm like, yeah, hot, 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 like, 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 everybody's beautiful. Right. And that's, that's something that we've definitely come to with age. It's funny that you talk about the first time you wore a bikini. The first time I wore a bikini um, was when I was 44. And I was in Vegas. I love it. And I, um, I, I posted a picture on Instagram and I was like, at 44, I deserve to wear a string bikini because I'd never worn one before. Um, and so even just taking that photo and looking at it and seeing it as beautiful, that was an accomplishment for me. That was a thing that I never thought I could do. And then I did. That's awesome. Right. Um, we're obviously focusing a lot on, on female bodies, but what we know to be true is that their males have similar issues and feeling confident about themselves. Yes. And they struggle just as much with what do I look like without a shirt on? You know, I'm not going to go to the pool. I, you know, I don't want to be naked. Right. And, and that is a struggle for men, Mm -hmm. uh, because their standards are also sometimes unrealistic for who they are. Either they're too skinny or too big and they don't feel comfortable and confident. And we, Definitely play into that too, right? Mm-hmm. Well, marketing has expanded. I mean, to look at our culture and society, mass media, etc. You know, typically magazines were geared towards women, right. unless it was an auto magazine or whatever. Sure. T- traditionally stated, quote, male right genre. Yeah, yeah. You know, and women have had magazines and magazines and fashion magazines, and mm-hmm. we, we saw those coming in after the Great Depression when we had paper again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we were able to print right. and manufacture, but now we have this huge huge collection on the internet for men to be able to access to then start that comparison. Right. You know, and I'm sure that it's, there's always been, you know, that underlying for males, but I think it's more accessible. I, I work with a student, um, who is male and does, does currently have an eating disorder and it's, you know, it's, I feel really bad. It's unfortunate because Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of, um, you know, young people are consuming, images of what they should look like or have like there's like these ideals Mm -hmm. that aren't realistic ideals I think 
to be fair, they're the other end of the spectrum where you're seeing like morbidly obese humans who can't move around and all those things. Mm-hmm. That's also really challenging because there's so much in terms of how people feel about themselves that's tied up in how they look. Right. Right? right. And there's definitely a lot of shame when it comes to either being too skinny and you can't do anything about it. Like you just eat and eat and you can't gain any weight because your metabolism does that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you have gum and then you, you know, you've, you've gained weight. <laughs> um, I think there's so much in terms of how uh, food is marketed and Absolutely. what kind of food is consumed. What they're putting in the food. Absolutely. All the sugar. All and the we sugar. live in a very sedentary culture. Yeah, I sit on my butt. All day, I have to conscientiously be like, okay, you got to get up, you got to go pull a student yourself from class, right. you got to walk across the campus, you got to move your body because yeah, it just starts to hurt with all the sitting. Absolutely, and I think that's the other piece is there's so many moving parts to how this looks and then how to create what is perceived as a healthy lifestyle. Um, but there is a lot of shame and there is a lot of... Um, and having a healthy lifestyle isn't about how like much going you to weigh. the gym, like all the things. No, and all yeah. the things. I mean, it's just being conscientious of the things that you're doing for your body that are beneficial and healthy for right. it. Um, and so it's not, oh, you're in an acceptable BMI range based on your yeah. height and your weight. You know, it's, you know, are you When eating? I fucking hate the BMI. It's the worst. It, it just doesn't. It still says I'm overweight right now. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm getting mixed messages. Right. Because the medical community is saying I'm overweight. Yeah. Based on my BMI. But people at work are saying you're too skinny. Sure. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to do what I need to do for me to feel healthy right all right peanut gallery shut your face <laughs> right i don't need everybody else's opinion right. on what this looks like well and i think too i just don't i don't value other people's opinion as much as i did before because i have a lot more esteem for myself and respect and i know what my body's capable of right and you're the only one who's going to know that right as yeah. long as you feel healthy mm-hmm. and you feel like you're doing what's best for your body then that works obviously like hurting yourself is not helpful um, and I, you know, have been in the extreme of you know, working out too much or not eating enough. Um, so I, I work to find the balance mm-hmm. in that, in, in being able to one, be accepting of, of who I am and what I look like. Right. Um, but also to give myself a break if I'm tired, right. um, then no, I'm not going to get up and, and do that extra, you know, workout or whatever. Right. Um, it is finding the the best that works for me, right? right? So if I feel like having salad, I'm going to have a salad. If I feel like having steak, those two go together. Mm, they do. Throw um, some blue cheese on there. Right? But am I going to eat fries all the time? No. No. Because I just, I can't. It don't feel good when I do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So finding that kind of balance and motivation to, to continue to do the things that I know make me feel good. And how do you find that motivation? Um, I think part of it is, because I have a very taxing life mm-hmm. in terms of like work and all the things that I do, I need to be able to have energy to do that. Absolutely. And what I know to be true is for me, I can't, you know, like drink a lot of coffee and, and keep going in an artificial way. Like I have to be able to generate energy in a consistent, healthy way. And I know that with the way that I eat and the way that I live, that makes a difference. Nice. And I also rest. Like, I, if I don't feel like doing a lot of extra things, I won't. 
Good. You know, this weekend I took a lot of time just like vegging and sitting on the couch. It's strange because since I, you know, run my own business, do all these things, I don't watch a lot of media. Right. Uh, because I don't have time. Right. Um, but I also make a point of doing other things. So I would prefer to have this conversation with you than to sit in front of the television or I'll go out, you know, to dinner with my friends. Last night I went out with, um, with my friend and neighbor Jasmine and we had a great conversation, talked about a lot of things and it was just me and her and it was awesome. That's great. Um, so those are the things I choose to invest my time in that then gives me that reciprocity of like energy and, and ideas and all those things. Awesome. Sitting, finding that balance. Um, I could sit around and watch a lot of TV. I just don't. Right. Right? I just don't have time. Right. That's not how I choose to spend my time. That's not true. We have 24 hours in a day, just like everybody else. Yep. But how I spend that time is then a conscious choice that I make. That's awesome. Yeah. So moving around and and doing those things. Um, When we talk about our goals, like what... What are you doing to feel most yourself? Showing up for myself and just being present with myself and being very just aware. Yeah. Like, how do I feel today? Is today, like, do I have a lot of, am I rising with energy? Sure. Do I need to build some energy in me? Yeah. You know, does my back hurt? Do I need to take a day off from the gym like I did today? Mm -hmm. You know, just being very self-aware and conscientious. That's a good thing. About what kind of where I'm at, energy-wise, how my body's feeling. Just really listening to yourself. Just listening to myself, being in tune with myself instead of conscientious of uh, putting my mind somewhere else and like, oh, these are the things that I have to do. I'm like, right. first I got to be and figure out what's going on with me. Yeah. So I can get myself where I need to be to get all these goals that I have set for the day. When I work with clients, um, I definitely have them start an inventory or be aware of how they're talking to themselves. Ooh, internal self-talk. That's yeah. a big one. Because if, if you are being really negative, and we all do it, and we've yeah. all had a habit of doing it, being aware of that. And we've talked, you know, certainly in our, our depression and anxiety about the asshole in your head, right? Yeah. But paying attention to what those messages are, right? right? If you're calling yourself a fat ass all the time, that's not going to help. Well, that's how you're going to feel. Right. You're changing just your feelings by that internal voice. If you're saying, if you're focusing in on, you know, okay, I have beautiful eyes. Yeah. Let's focus on, on that. Like, let's now move that to, I have a beautiful smile. Mm -hmm. Let's move that to, I have really beautiful hands and they're really elegant to, oh, I have the cutest feet on the planet. And then start working your way in and being like, look at that ass. Right? Start checking yourself out. Yeah, it's hard, though, to engage with the mirror. And I had a lot of that throughout my life. Sure. You know, I didn't even want to look in the mirror at some at points in my life. I didn't mm. even want to leave my house at points in my life. Because I was like, I don't want anybody to see me like this. Because yeah. it was I had that self-talk. That was like, oh, you're overweight. Oh, you're not pretty. Oh, you're not attractive. Because again, I was saying my value is based upon how I look on the, on the outside. Sure. And I, I know my life, I had said for a long time from my teenage years until my late twenties was I want to look the same way on the outside that I feel on the inside. I want to be as beautiful on the outside as I am on the inside. Yeah. Now I look back and I'm like, you always were beautiful on the outside. Absolutely. Like, 
I'm sorry you treated yourself that way. You need to apologize to yourself. You need to validate that you've done this to yourself, that you've said to these things to yourself, because that's abusive. That's hostile. It is. And I think having compassion for the you that was in that place. Right. But also having compassion for whatever created that, right? Because right. it's not just one thing. No. You know, it, it's usually a, a collaboration of a lot of things. Right. Um, and so when I talk about eating disorder, like, it was about control. It was about the messages I was getting mm-hmm. uh, from my parents, from my community, like, all of those things. And so now I have a strict diet, uh, usually, of really positive interactions with other humans. Right. Um, and so really paying attention to what am I telling myself? Right. Um, as you talk about kind of looking in the mirror and, and I have beautiful eyes, I have a beautiful smile. Um, I have always had an issue with my arms mm-hmm. because one, they don't match. And two, they don't. Um, I have a weird asymmetry when it comes to that. But gotcha. um, a long time ago, I decided, you know, I could focus and wear sleeves and cover them up or... I can focus on the fact that they're strong. I can focus on the fact that I give great hugs. I can focus on the fact that they are a great canvas for beautiful tattoos. You do have gorgeous (laughs) tattoos all over those beautiful Right? And so really kind of leaning into, um, rather than the the way that I'm perceived, how do I perceive myself? Right. Right? And, And what are my goals? Who am I? Outside of just what I look like. Exactly. Um, and so there now I can look in the mirror uh, fully and look at all of my body mm-hmm. and love everything that I see. There was a time when I would just look at my face. And I, I love my face. I have a beautiful face. I have a zit right now, but it's fine. I can't even uh, tell. You have a beautiful face. Don't even show me. <laughs> don't even <laughs> don't point it out. Don't even point um, it out. But now I, I can. I can do that and I can... I could sleep naked and I, I can walk around the house, you know, without feeling like I need to cover up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and that's a thing that I think a lot of people struggle with because they don't want to look at the things or the parts that they don't like. Right. Whereas if we look at the function mm-hmm. and if we look at, like you said, matching the inside with the outside, right. then that's a good thing. You know, and, and I work with clients a lot on how are you talking to yourself? How are you showing up in the world? If you're just focused on what you look like, right? is that helping you? Well, how are you growing? If you're, your body's not growing anymore. Like your body is what your body is. Sure. You know, it, it's changing. It can change and morph and you can change your size and your shape and, and things of that nature to a certain extent. Well, your nose and your ears your... continue to grow. It's weird. Oh, that's right. They do. <laughs> yeah. I totally derailed from what I was saying because I got so caught up in the fascination of my nose getting bigger. <laughs> ah, I don't know where I was going. But yeah, you your body, obviously you're not going to get taller. Right. Um, but you can change and have control over a certain amount of things. The one thing that, that could change that is illness. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And Or medication. Yeah. Um, certainly lifestyles you can change, but if, and, and I do have clients with chronic illness and you and I both have dealt with pain over time. Mm -hmm. Like I, I'm constantly in pain. Um, but when I manage things better, I'm, I'm better about it. It definitely changes how you feel in terms of the control you have over your body if you have illness. Mm -hmm. Right. And so those are things that you may not be able to change as readily. Right. And so really recognizing and acknowledging that people who have illness um, definitely feel less in control and less able to 
feel good about themselves and certainly in their bodies when that's the case. But needing to work mentally then right. to change that message. Yeah. Like that where I was like, okay, when I came to acceptance, I guess this is just how I'm supposed to feel. Right. This is how I'm supposed to look. This is what my body is wanting and saying to me. Yeah. So I'm going to throw that bikini on and I'm just going to rock it and I'm going to change that message in my head. Yes. So having that aha moment to be able to start then to change, yes, I am ill. Yes, I am tired. Yes, I am fatigued. But what can I do to find the best level of wellness that I can for myself in the, in what I disease I have or illness I have mm-hmm. or, or environment that I'm in causing this, you know, to be the best that you can be. And I think that was a turning point for you too, to then be able to say, I accept where I'm at. Yeah. And then I'm going to move towards where I want to be. Right. I have still have these goals that I want to obtain. I still want to huff it up a mountain. I still want to yeah. go camping. I still want to hike. I want to, there's a lot I want to do. I've given, I had to give up running. I loved distance running when I was in high school. Yeah. I had to give up running because my back goes out sure. all the time from it. So sure. that's something I had to let go of. But then I picked up a weight and was like, I will be the strongest woman on the planet. <laughs> Started getting into that weightlifting and found a new passion and a new yeah. thing that I enjoyed. And, and that led me to being able to be fit Right. And strong. To be active. Yeah. Absolutely. And so do you feel like your inside and your outside match now? I do. That's awesome. It's very nice. <laughs> very nice. That's a good thing. It's I do really want positive. to talk a little bit about where do you start, right? So you you already touched on what do you like about yourself. Um, what do other people like about you? So when you're talking about your friends or, or people close to you, you know, what are they saying? Right. And not, not the naysayers and not the, the critics, but people who know you and love you, what do they say? They say, I'm, oh, I'm happy that you're going uh, hiking. Yeah. I'm happy that you went and did uh, that charity event and lasted like six hours working your ass off. Sure. Like I'm Because I have the stamina now to do those mm-hmm. things. You know, they say very positive things. I And it's hard to actually not say the naysayer things because there's so many negative things that are right. said. Um, so. But, the, you know, you have a great smile. Your eyes are yeah. so bright and you are so happy and I can tell. Right. Or, you know, you look a little tired. You right. know, what's going on? I'm a little tired today. <laughs> My back hurts. Right? Um, but but really kind of figuring out what is good and what do you favor. Um, and what's what, a good way to do that? So part of part of that is uh, when people give you a compliment, let that be. Right? Don't reject those compliments. Don't reject the compliments. So you look great in that sweater. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Right? Exactly. <laughs> those jeans look great on you. They make your ass look great. Thank right? you. <laughs> and so kind of letting that just land right as opposed to pushing it away and i think a lot of people do reject compliments well they feel uncomfortable when they when it happens but usually the people who reject compliments the most are the ones that are so generous in giving them Mm -hmm. and so when you start to again change that self-talk or at least be more accepting of the positive things you can lean into feeling those things right feeling beautiful feeling smart feeling kind feeling generous and then letting that work kind of with your body. So I guess like a technique would be when someone pays you a compliment, if immediately you feel that you need to reject that, tell that inner voice to shut the fuck up. Right. Or just and sit say, with it. Yeah. Just and sit with sit it. Sit with the discomfort and say thank you. And say thank you. Right. But then also too, start working on, you know, do a little CBT, start thinking about 
and really letting that sink in and feeling yeah. that compliment. I think that we do. We shun compliments a lot. I know that I'm, I do that. Right. Like, oh, you look really beautiful today. I'm like, oh, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, one of the things is, is, you know, since I've lost weight, my clients are like, oh my God, you lost a lot of weight. And I, I immediately go, well, that wasn't my goal. Um, and it's not, but I, I still have to sit with, thank you. Yeah. Like, okay. I, I appreciate you mentioning that. Thank you for noticing that. Yeah. I appreciate you. you noticing. Um, you know, and then I'm like, how are you? But really kind of playing with that. But also, you know, just start small and, and observe what you're saying to yourself. Mm-hmm. Start with how it feels in your body. Right. Right? How do I feel when I put on these pants? Mm-hmm. Is my goal to put on a smaller size or is my goal to be healthy? Right. Is my And, and really kind of shifting, oh, I want to look like... XYZ celebrity, or do I want to be healthy? Do you want to be you? You and healthy. You're not going to be Kim Kardashian. She is the only Kim Kardashian, and you are the only you. Right. Love you. Yeah. Respect you. Appreciate you. Because a lot changes when you do have that different internal dialogue of appreciation, you know, of of who you are and saying, "I, I, that's them. This is me. Yeah. How do I want to be? What are what are my goals? What am I working towards? Why am I beating myself up? Well, the other Ask thing yourself, is like, why are you beating yeah. yourself up? What is your what is your legacy? I mean, we all get old. We get yep. older. If we're lucky enough, right? Right. If I'm lucky enough to have another day on the planet, I've gotten another day older. It's awesome. There's a lot of people who don't have that gift. Nope. Right. But when you look at at your family or people you admire. You know, the the gift of age I can say today is not giving a shit what anybody else thinks. Is really just kind of saying what my legacy is mine. Right. And I've been blessed enough to get to this place. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to worry about small shit. Well, let's think about a funeral. Right. When you go to a funeral, how many funerals have you ever been to where they were like, and... She was a size two. And she was a size two, and it made her the most perfect person on the planet. No, it was she was kind, and she was generous, and she had a great sense of humor, and she kept up with her grandkids till the very end, and she always had a warm, inviting smile, and she made the best cookies. It wasn't, she had a banging body, it's unfortunate (laughs) we're putting it in the ground for the worms. Right, and I think that that's the other thing, is if people are only focused on your external features... Yeah then you're not doing enough to grow and cultivate your internal features. Ooh. Right? Yeah. I mean, you do you want to be known for your banging body or do you want to be known for your character? Right. And that's not to say that people with banging bodies can't have great character. Right. But recognizing... If you have body image issues and sure. you're, you're concerned about your body and you have these fixations and these hang-ups, right. this is more who this is directed towards. Absolutely. <laughs> but, I mean, that's, that's kind of you know, the, the bigger thing. We are out of time. We just like talked right through all of that. How did that happen? (laughs) It happens every time. Oh my goodness. So hopefully we've been able to give you some, some skills and tools and awarenesses to be able to work through those challenges and create. To start reflecting. Yep. When, where do these messages come from? Like, who am I actually? How do I really feel? Are these somebody else's messages that I've just adopted in the cultivated as my own now. Absolutely. And do I still believe those things? If I don't, you know, where do I start accepting myself? Are these things even true? Right. And then if I want to have goals, 
what are the goals I should be paying attention to as opposed to things that are unrealistic or difficult for me to maintain. Right. That's our time. That's our time. If you want to get a hold of us, we'd love to get an email from you. We're at x to the zenial at gmail.com. Woohoo! You can also hit us up on Instagram um, or on my business Instagram, the Luna X2. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your time. Um, and we love talking to each other about we all do. these cool things. So many topics. We'll pick a new topic. We won't be on next week because we have gone to an every, every other week schedule. Yep. So we will be working on outlines and Absolutely. coming up with a new topic. If there's something that you'd like to hear about, please contact us. Again, that's X, the number two, T-H-E-X-E-N-N-I-A-L at gmail.com. Absolutely. Have a great rest of the week. Thanks.